Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 93. How are you doing? It is early March. It's cold here, still in New York. It would be nice if it was spring, but probably a few more weeks for that. Fact of the day, goosebumps are meant to ward off predators. Is that not crazy? This physiological reaction, uh, you know, obviously when the hairs, they stand up and you get the bumps all over the skin, we inherited this from our ancestors as a part of uh, the way to um, uh, appear bigger than we are. You know, so your the the skin would get the bumps, and then the hair would puff up and uh, help to ward off predators if they were be if if they're frightened or on the defense. And I thought that was so interesting. But apparently, uh, there's this professor of zoology in Canada that was talking to the magazine Scientific American and said it, it doesn't obviously no longer work. It obviously doesn't work anymore because we don't have hair. But um, even if we did have hair, like goosebumps are small. If you were, you know, a full-bodied coat, a shiny full-bodied coat, and you got the goosebumps, how much bigger are you going to look? Maybe a millimeter. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a lot. You know what? The only reason why I'm telling you is because I just never heard it before, and I thought it was interesting, and it's true. So the guy's name, the the um, professor of zoology in uh, Canada at a school over there, his name is George Bubnik. Bubnik. That's kind of a name that you would get bullied, right? Bubinik. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. What a week. What a week. What a week. It's all, you know, in stand-up, in this business, you get a few pieces of good news, and then you get bad news, and then you get good news to keep you going, and then you get bad news, and it's and it's it's just a yo-yo. And I don't know if that ever changes, or if um, if one day you just get good news and you're just riding high, baby. I'm hoping it's the latter, but there's this really good documentary, if you've never seen it, uh, Comedian. It's an old documentary, and a lot of it's called Comedian with Jerry Seinfeld. And Jerry Seinfeld does this documentary, just him doing uh, stand-up comedy. You know, when he was already popular, but not to the today level. And it's him and another comic, and they're side by side. Uh, you know, you, they're sort of the cameras sort of shadow both, and you see what it's like to be like a really new comic, and then somebody that's more established. And you you see this high and low thing that goes on. Um, with comics, but on the low side is I was doing that show at Slattery's every Friday, and it's no longer, can you imagine, three weeks, what could flourish in three weeks, and listen, I don't have anything, I don't have, uh, I, I don't have any loyalties to the owners of that bar, because I don't, I brought them business, it was a good show, but and thank you for, for whoever, for you people that came out and supported it and watched it and liked the post and all that stuff. But apparently what happened was the first week that we did it, some of you were there. We sold out the show. It was great. There was definitely some things that we needed to work out. The lighting was dark. The tables were sort of spread in weird ways. But, um, you know, the, the drink service could have been faster. But, you know, we worked it out. Um the following week, they made the lights brighter. They, they, you know, they staffed up, whatever. But it didn't sell out, and the owner was was fine. the The one owner was fine. He said, "It's okay, Elise. Don't worry. Thanks for being so transparent. 
He wasn't there that night. Thanks for telling us the show didn't sell out. Rome wasn't built in a day. No worries. So after the second show, I went home and I got printed uh, from Vista Print, like a, saw, a sidewalk sign to promote the show, some flyers to let some of the uh, newer comics that were on the show, you know, go around the block, pass out the flyers, all that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, it was going to be, and, and, and the package just arrived a couple days ago. So fun. So then we had the third, the third show and that, that those materials didn't arrive yet, but the third show happened and we had people come. It was, it was good. It wasn't as many people as we were, we were expecting, but the comics were great. One of my comic friends, great guy, Jabron Salim, he's about to open for Hassan Minaj. Uh, he's a super funny guy. I mean, these are comics that are uh, performing at the best clubs in Manhattan. I mean, you know, they, are they on their A game at the Slattery show? I don't know, but yeah, for the most part, they're working out their stuff. Anyway, third show wasn't as well attended. And, uh, the owner, listen to this. So the owner had, uh, the owner wasn't, well, let me just tell you the net net was that the owner wasn't happy that the attendance wasn't there. And he sent an email. He sent an email, um, after, uh, to the show, after the show to me and, and somebody else that was, uh, that got me the venue and had said, um, you know, I don't think we're going to be doing this comedy show anymore. I, I, I don't think it was really well attended uh, this past, you know, last night or tonight, whatever it was, that same day of the third show. Uh, if, you, if, if Elise wants to do it once a month, that's fine. But other than that, you know, we're not going to continue to do it weekly. And here's the thing. This owner that wrote this is the brother of the other guy that said Rome wasn't built in a day. So the two brothers, they're not on the same page. That's mistake number one. Number two is what kind of asshole, really, what kind of asshole sends an email and says, thanks, but no thanks, and doesn't even say, hey, let's get on a phone call to talk about it. Let's sit down. What could we do to promote it? Hey, Elise, are you advertising? And I got news for you. I was advertising the show out of my own pocket. And I was paying the comics. And a lot of these bar shows don't pay the comics, but I was paying the comics because I want to do the right thing. Again, out of my own pocket. Um, so between the cost of advertising, printing the materials, paying the comics, I obviously was in the, the loss, but it's fine because I'm not going to not pay my fellow comics, even though I don't always get paid when I do these bar shows, I wasn't going to not pay these fellow comics because I just don't think that that's right. But that's my own, uh, ethical thing going on in my head. So anyway, guy sends this email. I get on the phone with my friend that helped me book the venue. And he says, so do you want to do it once a month? And I said, absolutely not. He doesn't need this, this bar owner doesn't even have the decency, one, to talk to his brother, who probably has the lesser share in the bar. Two, he doesn't even have the decency to uh, be on the same page as the brother. He doesn't even know the brother said to me the week before Rome wasn't built in a day. Three, he doesn't talk to me. And four, what this guy did on the last show was so horrifying. And then his business in general was, his business um, mentality was pretty horrifying. And let me tell you. So the la that last show, the, uh, the, the third show, they, uh, they were running late at the bar and they didn't have the mic set up and all this stuff. And near where we had the mic set up on this little stage at the bar, there was a flat screen TV on the wall. And the, this bar owner, the, the, the brother who wasn't really around much, he, told, he, he takes a microphone, right? He goes and gets it out of the basement, whatever. He, he takes the microphone and he plugs it into the flat screen television that's high on the wall. 
next to where this microphone is standing. And so the wire on the microphone was about six inches long. So, and then he put the microphone in the stand. So if you are a, imagine, if you could imagine this, flat screen TV on the wall, there's a six, six inch cord from this TV to the mic in the stand. So if you're a comic, you have to cock your head. I mean, I can't even. You have to cock your head and you have to speak into this microphone. You can't take the mic out of a stand. You can't move around. You gotta d- do it like, like, like all focaccia like this. And I said to the guy when he was doing this, I said, whatever his name was. I don't even remember. Who cares? John, that was it. It's John. The comics need to take the mic out of the stand. Like, this is a performance. Like, they can't be stretching their neck, straining their neck to to talk into a mic that's attached to a six-inch cord. And he says, it's fine, it's fine. And he was really, like, kind of, you know, uh, abrupt about it. And then I kind of just, you know, badgered on, come on, you got to fix this, you got to fix this. All the comics surrounded him. It was, like, so strange. Not in an aggressive way, just like a, hey, at least you need any help, like, in a nice way. And uh, he was like, fine, I'll fix the cord. So he, he, he pulls the cord, you know, from, I don't know, some, Jerry rigs this whole thing, and the cord... Was, ra- was was wrapped around the television. You know, he got this longer extension. The cord wound up being wrapped around the television and then hanging from also a shelf that had some like beer, like ceramic beer glasses. So the mic thankfully was in the stand with a long cord, but the comic really couldn't do anything physical on that little stage because the cord that the mic is on was attached to these shelves with shelves with ceramic mugs. It was horrifying. It was horrifying. And, and, and there was other things like, you know, there was people like behind the stage. So we had to kind of perform sideways. And, uh, and the, so I didn't really like that. And I just said, you know, the fact that this guy is giving me such little respect, um, can't even set the mic up right for essentially what's a free show that I'm producing in his bar. Like, Go fuck yourself. And worse than that is this bar every Friday has a Seinfeld trivia night, which is super fun. And I think it starts at like 7 o'clock. And the trivia goes from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And my show was starting at 9 p.m. on Fridays. So the show, uh, you know, go, starts at 9 p.m. And and the, the people that are doing trivia are, it's a huge crowd. It was like 50 people doing the Seinfeld trivia. And they are loyal customers. Every Friday they'd show up at this bar and they would do this trivia and have a great time. And if they win the trivia, they get free shots, whatever. And if I was out with my friends doing a trivia night, I feel like, I feel like I know that you know what I'm going to say. If we were out doing trivia night, eating a burger, drinking beers, doing trivia, and somebody came over to me at 8.45 or 9 o'clock and said, hey, you got to leave because we're about to do a, 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 a comedy show, or hey, you can stay for the comedy show, but you got to be quiet, I would be like, go F yourself. I'm here. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having food, drinks. I just did a fun trivia with my friends. I want to hang out. This bar owner thought it was okay to kick out his customers that are loyal and coming there week after week for trivia. And by the way, it was him, his idea to do the show on, um, on a Friday. He knew that the trivia was going on on a Friday. You know, was, this is his idea. I was like, I'll take a Tuesday. You know, he's like, ah, Friday. You know what? So I just felt like I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. This guy, he's not running his business nice. I didn't tell him that. He doesn't have any respect for for the the comedy show. The brother, I think, his brother, Justin, really liked comedy. And uh, I think that the brother was, you know, was really into it and was patient or whatever. But you know what? The reality of the situation is that the bar 
was in uh, Midtown East. And it that place, that area is just a dead zone right now because people aren't back at work or maybe they're back at work a couple nights a week and there's just no foot traffic there. And if you're producing a show, you know, you need a place where there's foot traffic. You could kind of pull people in off the street. You know, they'll just be wandering around and see your show. And it wasn't a good location. And at the end of the day, that bar is suffering. I mean, the food is great. The drinks are good. Like it's a fun, you know, it's a fun pub to go to, but it's suffering. There was a really cool Moroccan restaurant on the block. It closed down. There was another really great pub, uh, after work pub across the street called the Ginger Man. I used to go to back in the day that closed down, uh, because of COVID. So you know what? It's sad, but a lot of these bars in this Midtown area, are closing if they don't have, you know, sort of a loyal customer base. And I think that this owner was just kind of like desperate. He was like, let me put on this show. I don't, he didn't tell, I didn't, he didn't communicate that to me, but I think it was like, let me just put on this show. Right. And, um, and you know, and, and, and see where it goes and, and, and hope for the best. Right. And the first night was great. The first night was a total success. The second night was a success. It was that third night that was just not the best attended. And the thing is, is you got to build up momentum for the event. And I would, I'm just done. I got this guy on the second show. He's showing me receipts. Can you imagine like receipts of how much people spent? I Come on. It's like I have a full-time job. I have my comedy stuff I do. I have my children. I have a house. Like it's like get the fuck out of here. I have my podcast. I have these things, these little things that people ask me to audition for. I'm not going to be worried about your bottom line. I'll, I'll, I'll be concerned about selling tickets. I'll want to get people to sell tickets. But if your wait staff or bartenders aren't going over to the tables and saying, hey, you want to get something to eat? Hey, you want another drink? Hey, it's a two-drink minimum. If they're not doing that, do not dare to come to me at the end of the night and say, hey, why aren't people spending money? So you know what? I'll go where I'm wanted. You don't Lesson learned, don't go where you're not wanted. Who knew that? Onwards and upwards. The good news is that I am doing a show March 30th, at the stand, it's a Wednesday night at seven o'clock. It's just the show is just me and my friend Olga Namer. We're both it's co-headlining show. It's going to be really fun. Uh, I'm divorced. She's divorced. Like it's just like a two New York girls. I'm from Staten Island. She's from Brooklyn. It's going to be really fun. Just the two of us. Wednesday, March thirtieth, seven p.m. And the stand is a. a, a great club downtown and they actually have a full kitchen and the food's really good there FYI so um do you know that a taxi cab randomly burst into flames in Manhattan can you imagine yeah there was a cab on 83rd street and uh first avenue at 5 30 p.m the other day just burst into flames nobody knows why nobody knows if there was something combustible in it I don't even know if there was people in it I just saw it on the news I just saw it on the news yesterday and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, how horrifying is that? I swear the world is just like a scary place right now. It's, it's just totally scary. I, uh, I took the train the other day. I, I've been taking, you know, Ubers and taxis around and the bus. I like the bus because I like to just, you know, I'm above ground or whatever. But I did take the subway the other day. I was going somewhere and it was very convenient. It was during the day and it was fine, but it's very, it's not, it's nowhere near as crowded as it used to be. Um, but there's just, uh, but you know, I'm always so paranoid about going onto the subway lately because every day I'm hearing about who's stabbed, who's pushed. Last week there was some, someone stabbed with scissors in the eye. I mean, it's like, it, it, the city is just 
horrific. And the real estate prices aren't going down, I'll have you know. It's like, okay, the city's a garbage can right now. Can anybody get a cheap apartment? Can I buy this? Can I buy or rent or whatever the hell I could? whatever you call it, take the studio next door from my aging, you know, neighbor. No, of course, there's no bargain prices going on. Anyway, but when I was on the train, there was a woman, you know, it wasn't packed as, as like sardines standing, you know, because it's always standing. We're always smushed in standing. Sometimes you have to wait for another train to go by, if you can imagine that joy of a commute. And, uh, but there, but you know, you were able to walk on the train. But there were no seats. There was a woman, a woman in front of me sitting down, taking up two seats. Can you imagine? Just taking up two seats. Just sitting right in the middle of two seats. I was like, I wanted to say something to her. Normally, I would say, oh, excuse me. Normally, I would say, oh, do you mind moving over? Or, oh, I need to sit down. But you know what? I don't want to talk to anybody because I don't want to have any trouble. And she could have been a freaking lunatic with like a, a, a wine a corkscrew, a wine, you know, thing in her hand for all I know, a knife, a, a machete out of her back pocket, and she could have hacked me up right before my own eyes. So you want to know what? Fuck that. Fuck it. I watched the most adorable show, movie, the other day with my kids. It won a lot of awards. I remember um, when there was, I think it was the Academy Awards, I think it was last year or the year before, um, Coco. Have you seen this movie? It's Coco. It's about uh, it's it's a it's a nice story about a boy that a little boy that wants to be a musician, and it's about Dia de los Muertos and ofrendas and you know all this uh, kind of stuff. And it, I have to tell you, there are some kid shows that I really love. Like you know, I like Toy Story. I love Sing the movie. <laughs> I love uh, Pets. You know, um, but. But then there's other ones that I'm just, like, I can't even believe that my adult eyes and brain have to sit through this whole torturous thing. But this movie, Coco, was really good. And it was totally different. It was totally, totally different. If you're in the mood to watch a cartoon, which I know, animation, I completely recommend Coco. Really, really cute. One of these moms in a mom group I'm a part of posted my favorite kind of post. She says... Hey girls, I am totally different sizes right now and I need some recommendations for stores. All I want to do is find some online stores where I could buy cheap stuff in lots of different sizes and uh, and a bunch of ladies wrote back and I want to share with you this list. Some of them I know, you probably know. Um, and there was other ones that weren't that cheap to be honest, so... I don't have them listed, but one is Shein, you know, Shein, this is the Chinese store, everything's like $5, and everything also is, feels like $5, and it washes like $5, but, uh, but, it, but you know, I got a couple things, I actually have this skirt, I, I've posted, I wear it um, uh, on stage, actually, kind of often, it's a black and, like, cream zebra skirt, I got it from there, it's junk, I, I think I paid, like, 12 bucks for it, but it's, it, I like it, it's cute, it's comfortable, it's just the perfect amount of shitty that it feels like I don't have anything on, you know what I'm saying, and it's a little big, so I, I like it even more, but Shein, another store was Lulu, ASOS, ASOS, I like ASOS a lot, I buy a lot of things off ASOS, and, uh, the other one is Pretty Little Thing, dot us pretty little thing dot us i like asos asos is a british store or european store and they have a us website and they always have cool collabs with other brands they also um they they sell top shop stuff you know i used to like shop, top shop top shop was in soho um and they they sell top shop stuff there but 
ASOS is cool. That's that's probably the best one. But it's not like super cheap. It's not cheap like Shein. Like, and more maybe it's Shine. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's S H E I N. ASOS is, you know, it's it's ASOS is like definitely a, a couple steps above H and M, a few steps above H and M. But it's not like buying something, you know, at uh, Bloomingdale's. You know, uh, that kind of quality. Anyway. Mm. Uber released a new feature that lets you book restaurant reservations and concert tickets through the app. That's interesting. I haven't tried it yet. I actually don't use Uber. I use Lyft. For whatever reason, my Uber app broke for a long time. But what do we think about that? Your car service is booking also your restaurant reservations and concert tickets. I don't think I want my driver to know where I'm going. That's my take on it. How dare you invade my privacy like that? And by the way, isn't it going to be more money if you book it? I mean, it's either going to be more or less. It's either going to be more money to book a concert ticket through Uber because they're going to want to cream some of that ticket price off the top or it's going to be less because they're going to try to, you know, do do like a wholesale deal with the venue and offer it as added value. Uh, not additive, offer it as an extra value to their customers as a discounted price. But I don't need, Uber already knows your location data. I have it only turned on, of course, when I'm using the app or a Lyft, any of those. But I don't need them knowing where the hell I'm going, okay? Then that means they know that if all of a sudden Uber's taking you to Jean George for a $9,000 dinner, Uber knows that the person they're driving around has $9,000 to spend for dinner. Get the hell out of here. I don't like all this sharing business. I mean, all of our data is shared regardless all across the web anyway. I mean, you know. You, we, we're, we're carrying around mini computers essentially everywhere we go. Everything is recorded. Everything is everything. But to voluntarily give your information, your timestamp, your location, eh, forget that. Uh, no interest. No interest. On the tech stuff, you know how the other day we were talking about Joe Rogan and, and that whole thing of like should he be blocked and banned off the thing and we talked about um, – Spotify is a platform and they're not a publisher and you know the publisher versus platform is uh, a publisher editorializes a publisher editorializes the content a publisher says hey this is the kind of stuff we're going to talk about if you pick up Vogue you know you're going to see very expensive clothes and very high quality fashion and very high designs and we're not going to be doing editorial spreads about Walmart although they would sell themselves out for a big ad deal I know I worked at Condé Nast anyway but a platform is literally just acting as a distributor. So, you know, we talked about that, but it's interesting because um, Facebook and uh, YouTube and TikTok are also platforms, right? And with this Russia and Ukraine, uh, with the war in Russia and Ukraine, and by the way, you know I don't like to talk about political things and news things, but this has to do with that Joe Rogan thing that we were talking about the other day. Uh, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube blocked uh, the Russian-backed media outlet, Russia Today. So in Russia, they have this media outlet, Russia Today. And, you know, it's, it's 
it's like in Italy, like where, you know, in, when I, I lived in Italy 20 years ago for college and the prime minister controlled some of the television stations. And, you know, at the time, I remember being in media class because I was a journalism major. I remember at the time thinking when I, you know, hearing the teacher talk about that, I remember thinking, oh, that's cool, you know, whatever. But I didn't really fully understand what that meant. I didn't really think I understood in my college brain that that meant that if the state or city uh, or country controls the media stations, then obviously they can spout their propaganda. But in this situation, uh, Russia today is uh, about, you know, they, they, I guess, apparently are talking uh, Russian war propaganda. And so it, it, in Europe, it, it's only in Europe right now. I'll be interested to see if the U.S. does the blocks. But in Europe, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube blocked Russia today. So you cannot access content from Russia today uh, if you are in the European Union. Um, and, you know, that's, again, it's similar to that Joe Rogan situation because it's like, are these platforms supposed to uh, censor the content? Isn't it supposed to be uh, content-free for everybody um, and you can pick and choose what you want? Now, of course, when TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and, you know, maybe Spotify or whatever, I mean, you know, they, they might have um, pre they might have pre-existing or or uh, regulations to or rules to to post and content like you can't post crazy X-rated content. We're we're gonna block you know full nudity and that you understand because that involves moral and ethics. But should 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 these outlets block Russia today? I'm not gonna give you my opinion on it because I don't want to I don't want to get into that. But I I I I understand why they're doing it. Obviously like you understand, but it's interesting. It's interesting. The other thing that happened, it's happening in that space is Google, Microsoft, Twitter, and Facebook. They've restricted, banned actually, uh, Russian media outlets from selling ads globally. So if you are um, Russia today, or, you know, I don't know, another newspaper. I don't know what newspapers are in Russia. But if they have the, the Russian Times, you could just go on Facebook and just take out an ad campaign. Okay, so if you're blocked, go on Facebook, take out an ad campaign. Target it to New York. Target it to Brooklyn. Target whatever. And uh, But th these platforms blocked it. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And also, on that note, in terms of Russia Today, Microsoft and Roku, they removed Russia Today apps from their platform. So if you have a Microsoft uh, mobile phone, um, or if you have Roku, you know, on TV, you can't get Russia Today on there. So it's there's this weird, um, there's this weird thing uh, about publishers versus platforms. And a lot of platforms, as we talked about with the Joe Rogan stuff, they are becoming publishers because they are ad revenue supported businesses. They make their 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 money through through advertising and sponsored content. When I would go to Can Lions. This is a um, media big, you know, publishing media ad tech conference in the south of France. Uh, it comes a few weeks after regular can. And um, these are the two things that we would talk about. And when I was working um, in the space, I would go to Digiday and Adweek and, uh, you know, Ad Age, and we would all be in conferences about this very topics because um, it is really, really interesting and we do have our first amendment freedom of speech so um what's the deal there what's the deal there can you believe 
that my ex-husband is on yet another vacation with his girlfriend. Where is this guy getting his money from? Okay, that is all I want to know. And here's the thing. He's a regular guy just like me. But he's be, he has been very kind. He's been very kind to me. He's been, you know, he's been saying he'll pay, you know, for our babysitter, you know, because he's doing better than I am financially and blah, blah, blah. And then he says to me the other day, by the way, uh, he's going, uh, he's going skiing with his girlfriend and, um, he's going to need me to pay the babysitter that week, which, you know, and by the way, I pay my babysitter myself if I'm doing my stand up at night, but I mean like for the everyday nannying. And I just thought you're asking me to pay, which fine, that's our agreement. Our divorce agreement is, is that I am paying half of everything, but you're asking me to pay, and in the same breath, you're telling me that you are also going on a vacation. How about you not go on a vacation, guy? I haven't been on a vacation like in ever, and that's my own choice, okay? That's my decision. I am choosing to save whatever money I have, but don't wave your vacation in my face and then say, hey, by the way, can you cough up some extra money? It's like, it has nothing to do with the babysitter. I love the nanny. I love our nanny. It has nothing to do with paying for my children. I pay for everything for them. It has to do with the use of of, of, of his money. And it's like, we are divorced and we, I know, I know, I know. It's a good, We I do have a very good divorce with him. It was very amicable. As you know, we didn't have lawyers. But it's like, really, guy? We are saying we are supporting each other. Like I tell him, if I ever make it big in life, in anything that I'm doing, and I come into a lot of money, if I win the lotto, I will pay off, you know, um, uh, his mortgage. Yeah, I would because I love him and he's the father of my child and I, children and I would never want to do anything to hurt him. I would only want to help him financially. And I truly believe that and I know he would do the same. But don't ask me to pay the babysitter when you are out skiing in God knows where with your girlfriend that I can't stand for no other reason than it's his girlfriend. Actually, I got reasons, but I don't want to put the girl on blast. Product of the week, baby. Rest Cloud Pillow. Let me tell you about this. Rest Cloud Pillow. It's not like a pillow that you sleep with. It's a... It's a neck and shoulder relaxer. You could buy it on Amazon. I just got it. I used it once. It felt great. I can't wait to use it again. It's a blue, like, little foam, hard foam contraption. And uh, you basically just, you know, put it on your neck, under your neck, and you just lay on it on a flat surface on the bed. And it basically helps, like, your spine alignment, um, any pain relief. And the reason why I got it is because I am always on my phone just, I even like to send emails. I like to send emails. I like to, I mean, I, I just got used to a small screen. I just like it. I'm always working. I'm always doing things on my phone, but I'm looking down and I do, I take my time to stretch and open up and blah, blah, blah. But I wanted to get something that if I could hope to get myself into a routine, a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes at night, I just let before bed or when I wake up, just uh, lay flat with this pillow to help some alignment because, you know, I'm so California like that. So I, I got it. I love it. Rest cloud pillow to help relieve your text neck. And that's really it for today, folks. Maybe a, um, maybe a short, a shorty podcast, but 
by the way, thank you if you followed me on Instagram. I know I asked you guys last week. If you don't mind um, telling your fr- family and friends, I'm really trying to build my Instagram following. It's like almost like I'm begging. <laughs> it's I mean, it'll it'll grow on its own organically, but you know, I want to be on the road. I want to like be able to get, you know, I want to be able to do weekend gigs at clubs out in Long Island. I want to be able to do weekend gigs at clubs out in uh, New Jersey. And and I do do some, but not enough and it, it, to to make an impact. And it's really because I uh, need to get the, those numbers up. So anything you could do, spread the word, send it out to your family, friends, tell them to keep my my account on mute because I'm always yelling on videos. That's fine for me. They don't have to comment. I just really need the follows and I don't know how I'm going to get to like the 50,000 mark. I know eventually it'll happen, but it right now it just feels like it's uh it's a real uphill battle and it's for no other reason. It's for no other reason other than wanting to get go out and perform in the clubs. I could care less about what it looks like on the outside. I could care, I I would have negative followers if it was up to me. I could care less. All I want to do is I want to be able to perform my stand-up comedy all over the place uh, and on prime nights and I just ugh, need that stupid following up. So, that's that quote of the day by Jack Canfield. I love this quote. Everything you want is out there waiting for you to ask. Everything you want also wants you, but you just have to take the action to get it. Love that. That's like my whole life. I love it. Take the action. That's it. Episode 93. I'm Elise DeLucci. We're in my living room. I love talking to you, and I will talk to you next week. Ciao, ciao. (laughs) 